Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trinity Radio, the channel that loves atheists. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Braxton Hunter. And today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the categories that William Rowe gives in his article on um, the problem of evil and some varieties of atheism. And we're going to find out what kind of atheist are you or are you talking to? And how does it impact the difference between atheism on the one hand and internet atheism or the new atheism on the other? I think this can be a very helpful thing as we take a look at this together. So toward the end in the third part of William Rowe's article uh, that I mentioned a moment ago, after he's given his reasons to believe that atheism is true, he then decides to talk about what the disposition of the atheist should be toward theists, toward people that believe in God. And he says this, quote, But what position should the atheist take concerning the rationality of the theist's belief? There are three major positions an atheist might take, positions which we may think of as some varieties of atheism. First, the atheist may believe that no one is rationally justified in believing that the theistic God exists. Let us call this position unfriendly atheism. Second, the atheist may hold no belief concerning whether any, athe whether any theist is or isn't rationally justified in believing that the theistic God exists. Let us call this view indifferent atheism. Finally, the atheist may believe that some theists are rationally justified in believing in the theist or believing that the theistic God exists. This view we shall call friendly atheism. In this final part of the paper, I propose to discuss and defend the position of friendly atheism. Now, notice what he's doing here is he's not saying that if you're a friendly or an unfriendly um, atheist, that that has to do with whether you're nice to people or whether you're friendly in the common use of the term. What he means by friendly atheist or unfriendly atheist has to do with whether or not you're willing to say that some theists, at least, have um, rational justification for belief in God. And he gives an example. Now, you might say, well, yeah, but if he's given earlier in the article uh, reasons to believe that God doesn't exist, well, then, then if he believes, if we believe as atheists that, uh, that God does not exist, wouldn't that make it irrational or not rational to believe that uh, God exists and that therefore all theists, like myself, are not rational for this and have no justification? Well, he gives an example in the paper. He actually gives another one in the footnotes, but we're going to go with the one he gives in, in, the, in the article itself. He gives an example of where two individuals um, could believe different things and one of them could be wrong, but the one that's wrong would still be rationally justified in holding the belief that he or she does. Uh, the, the example that he gives is, let's imagine that you and a friend have been communicating and your friend gets on um, a plane to fly across the ocean and there's a horrible plane crash. The friend that was not on the plane knows that the friend was on the plane, knows that the crash happened, and also knows that for a number of hours, search crews have been looking and they found no survivors. So the, let's say the search team is ready to give up. Well, the friend that was not on the plane but has heard about all of this would be rationally justified, Roe would say, in concluding that his friend is dead. 
But if the friend that was on the plane isn't dead and is out there floating around on a piece of wood, that friend would be rationally justified, obviously, in believing that he is alive. And so um, you, you've got a situation there where two people believe different things. One of them is right. One of them is wrong. But both of them, Roe would say, are rationally justified in the conclusion at which they've arrived. Now, there are problems with this that some oh, some think there are problems with this. Michael Martin has uh, listed out that the only reason that the individual um, who doesn't know that his friend is alive is rationally justified in thinking so is because he isn't he isn't privy to the information that the friend out on the a piece of wood is aware of that he's alive. He doesn't know all the facts. Whereas in the theist and atheist discussion, all the facts are on the table and all those sorts of things. So people have discussed this and, and, and uh, argued about it. But I want you to notice that what, what Roe calls a friendly atheist is someone who um, thinks that some theists at least have rational justification for believing in God. And then he says this about that, quote, what sorts of grounds might a theist have for believing that God exists? Well, he might endeavor he might endeavor to justify his belief by appealing to one or more of the traditional arguments, ontological, cosmological, teleological, moral, etc. Second, he might appeal to certain aspects of religious experience, perhaps even his own religious experience. Third, he might try to justify theism as a plausible theory in terms of what we can account for. Uh, of which, um, I'm sorry, we account for a variety of phenomena. By the way, that was what uh, was behind my question one in my other video, 10 questions for atheists, and many people didn't understand that. Um, Although an atheist, he says, must hold that the theistic God does not exist, can he not also believe and be justified in so believing that some of these justifications of theism do actually rationally justify some theists in their belief that there exists a supremely good, omnipotent, omniscient being? It seems to me that he can. So what Roe has laid out here are some categories for atheism uh, that, that, um, that, that you can choose from. Now, I think we actually see those different kinds in the world today. So if we were to think about, for example, um, atheists in the academy or atheist philosophers or people in philosophy of religion versus much of what we see in, on, among internet atheists or YouTube atheists, and understand, I'm speaking in generalities, there are some uh, very knowledgeable, and uh, there are some philosophers with YouTube channels that would take the approach of the friendly atheist. But I think largely what we see among YouTube atheism is the unfriendly atheist. For example, notice that one of the grounds for justification that Rose submits that some theists might have, it could be the religious experience, it could be the explanatory power of theism, uh, but it also could be the traditional theistic arguments, the uh, ontological, teleological, cosmological, moral arguments, those families of arguments. Could be that those give someone that sort of a justification for believing that God exists. So that um, if one considers that there are no good reasons to believe in God, or that those arguments all fail, that there's no good uh, reason to believe that a God exists, that would definitely make one an unfriendly atheist. Again, not doesn't mean that you're not nice. That's not what we're talking about. But it, it, using Rose categories, it would mean that you don't think there's a justifiable reason for that, following Rose categories. And that there is no good evidence for God is commonly stated among YouTube atheists, or no evidence at all, no reason to believe that a God exists. But is that what the academics think? I'm not so sure that's what the academics 
think about this. We hear it all the time on YouTube. It's very commonly heard. But uh, David Bentley Hart in The Experience of God says this, Many of the better and more reflective atheist philosophers openly acknowledge that their position is largely an ideological commitment, not simply the inevitable conclusion of conscientious reasoning, and that the other side has formidable arguments of its own. So what you're seeing among the new atheism or YouTube atheism is not, according to David Bentley Hart, what you're going to see among um, the more serious atheist philosophers and people like that. And I think that's pretty important. So I want to throw something up here on the screen, and I want you to think about the theistic arguments, if you're familiar with them. Think about the argument that God is the best explanation for the beginning of the universe, the ones that try to show that, and the ones that try to show that um, uh, that that. Uh, the design of the universe or the ends or purpose, the fine tuning, the moral arguments, the, things like this. Think about all those arguments, all the reasons that, you, that people give you or talk about for belief in uh, God. And then I want you to look at the scale that's on the screen right now. And I, I want you to consider that this represents um, a person's beliefs. And uh, if po so, um, let's, by the way, uh, my friend Cameron made this, uh, made this scale and I, I think it looks pretty cool. But if positive 100 is the belief that God exists and negative 100 is the belief that God does not exist, are you saying, when you think about these arguments, if you're saying there's no evidence for God, are you saying that none of the reasons from the history of theistic reasoning and Christian thought moves the needle even one degree on that scale toward belief? Is that really what we're saying right now? And if you're saying that, I think some of you are probably saying, yes, that's what we're saying. That's the moment where you want to back up a little bit from the table and say, am I taking this stuff seriously enough? And what about these experts? Specifically, what about the experts in the philosophy of religion? Well, I want to play a clip for you real quick, and I want you to think seriously about the contents of this clip, and I want you to hear what uh, Joe Schmidt has to say. He's been on Caption Christianity quite a bit. I want you to listen to his assessment. I, I definitely wanted to say some quick things in this. So I think that really what, what this is helping to distinguish is the, the distinction between new atheism on the one hand and atheism on the other hand. New atheism and atheism, right? There's a distinction there. New atheism uh, has a whole host of, you know, implausible claims within it, like including the claim that atheism is just a lack of belief and there's no evidence for God's existence and you need to have some sort of scientific evidence, and, you know, things like that versus atheism simpliciter, which can be philosophically robust, a la, you know, people like you know, Philippe Leon, Graham Oppie, Paul Draper, Stephen Meitzen, and those, those people. And so I think his question really is, this one should be directed to new atheists, not atheists. Um, but for people who uh, think that atheism is a lack of belief, um, I mean, well, first of all, the professional philosophers of religion do, by and large, do not accept that. And in fact, uh, the most formidable atheists re decidedly reject that. Secondly, um, it just has counterexamples. So for instance, electrons lack a belief in God, but they're not atheists. I mean, if we want to say that they're atheists, then the amount of atheists in existence is like 10 to the power of 100, uh, way, even way more than that. Um, because, you know, that's how many like particles, I think it's 10 to the 80 of how many particles are estimated to be in existence. And of course, you have the things built up out of the particles, many of which are like rocks and stones and galaxies. Um, so they might try to alter, oh, well, it's people. Well, then you get the problem of like babies and you get the problem of agnostics who are genuinely undecided. So they, they lack a belief, but they wouldn't call, they're not atheists. They're decidedly agnostics. They're about 50-50. And so there are so many different counterexamples to this kind of uh, account of atheism that it's it's just wrong 
Yep, agreed. That one, this one. Oh, and also, uh, I just want to emphasize that serious atheists uh, don't treat uh, God like fairies or um, leprechauns or Santa Claus. Um, yeah, that's that's just like a caricature. That's uncharitable. Yeah. That's no, I'm not saying Braxton's being uncharitable to atheists. I'm saying the new atheists that do use that, that do use those comparisons, like Santa Claus they're being uncharitable to robust forms, philosophical forms of theism. So what we get from that is serious thinkers do not say there is no evidence and they do not speak of God with the same dismissive tone that YouTube atheists or new atheists do. Now, perhaps YouTube atheists can feel fulfilled in the midst of that situation by hugging close to science rather than philosophy. Perhaps that is primarily the way uh, why the needle on the scale of belief that I put up a moment ago um, where's the needle again? Perhaps the reason that the needle doesn't move for you is because you say, well, yeah, but all that philosophy and arguments aren't evidence and all those things we hear from, from many in the YouTube atheist community. Uh, what we really want is science. Science is the way we know things, or at least it's the best way we know things. So primarily we just want to focus on science. Many YouTube atheists will say this. And this has led to diminishing the importance of philosophy and as a result, a misunderstanding of the arguments for God's existence. And that is no small thing. Here's uh, what Michael Roos, atheist philosopher, has to say about that as it relates to Richard Dawkins. I want to talk to you about a particular scientist uh, who does some philosophy of science in his book. And I have heard you say there are few things more simple than Richard Dawkins' God delusion. <laughs> yeah, no, as I said, makes me ashamed to be an atheist, I think was the phrase I used. <laughs> what do you mean by that? In what way is it simple or well, simplistic? Well, I think it's, it's not simple, it's simplistic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I mean, one of the virtues of science is simplicity. The trouble with Dawkins, I mean, Oh, no. Yeah, maybe this is envy. The guy sold three, three million copies of the, of the book. I wish, you know, I wish I'd sold three million copies of one of my books. Uh, I mean, the trouble is he just doesn't take the things that he's talking about seriously. Now, so Ruth says that uh, the book made him embarrassed to be or ashamed to be an atheist. And he says Dawkins just doesn't take these things nearly seriously enough. And then he compares Dawkins to like an undergrad philosophy student when he talks about the question of, well, then who made God, which is um, uh, one of the simplest uh, issues to address that um, people have been addressing for years. So um, if you are what Roe has described, what I, want, what I want to get to is if you are what Roe has described as an unfriendly atheist, this has ramifications, and I want you to think seriously about them. You are, one, out of step with the more serious minds of atheism within the philosophy of religion. Two, you're likely to fall prey to something approximating scientism and thus sever other ways of knowing, which means embracing a certain amount of unnecessary ignorance. And three, this will make it less likely that the best theistic and, for that matter, atheistic minds will find your approach worthwhile as it will make it clear to them that such a person likely does not know that they don't know what they don't know. Thank you for watching Trinity Radio. This is the channel that loves atheists. And please think hard about whether you're going to be a friendly atheist, an indifferent atheist, or an unfriendly atheist, because it has big ramifications. Do you want to agree with the people that are more centered in the academy that we've talked about? 
or uh, the people that approximate the new atheist. Um, I, I hope that you'll think deeply about these things. If you appreciate what we're doing and support what we're doing on YouTube, you can subscribe. And if you really love what we're doing, you can help us out at patreon.com slash Trinity Radio, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get free extra stuff and you can be a part of what we're doing as a partner. And I'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. Thank <laughs> you.